Welcome to Reckless Speculation. I am your humble host tonight, Randall, who has fell off a ladder that has been gone for about three weeks. Let me get my tea in the right place, guys. There you go. Feels right. Welcome, everybody, back to the show. I'm not normal in our normal studio, but have to do. I'm feeling great. Glad to be back with you. Of course, joining me tonight, two of the three regulars, Rog Meadow will be along in a little bit, but let's start <laughs> within the center square, Robbie Davis. Man, it's good to be back with you, Robbie. Hey, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're feeling better. <clears throat> I'm glad you're on the mend and on the way back up. Um, my just opening reaction is um, I got a comic relief this morning when I woke up to the uh, Washington Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they paid a marketing firm to come in and name themselves the Washington Commanders. It like all of those names were pretty stupid. I'm pretty sure we talked about that on the show at one point. Yeah. How stupid they mm -hmm. all were. <laughs> but this was one of the worst. And like the amount of money spent and the logos and the trademarks and oh my god. It's it, it's so stupid. It makes my head hurt. I, I thought it was one of the worst, and I thought it was commodes to start with. I'll be honest with you. I had to read it twice. <laughs> it, it, it's the equivalent of the, the Huntsville Trash Pandas. Like, it's just it's, like, it's almost a joke of a name. Like, what are you doing? I don't know which is worse the Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians, or the Washington Commanders. They're both, they both really sound like uh, a knockoff video game where you really couldn't get Madden as a kid. So your parents <laughs> bought you uh, a knockoff version of like backyard football. So it's yeah. watching the commanders. Each of those Washington commanders, that's they're each three syllables. Like, and it's not my original joke. It's gonna be the Washington Commons. Like it's it's so horrible that um, yeah, it's just bad. Well, the Washington football team was a better name than the commanders. Like. They should have just stuck with that. I, I don't get it at all. Um, I truly I truly hate that name. I think it may be one of the worst <clears throat> names I've ever heard. But let's yeah. go from the good to the bad. Unexpectedly to me, and maybe I'm the only guy that didn't expect it, uh, Tom Brady announces retirement. Did, did it catch you guys off of – did it catch you off guard or were it something you were expecting, Robbie? Yeah, it caught me off guard um, when I first heard the the well the press conference that he gave that he was thinking about it. For one, caught me off guard. Um, even the breaking news, I've always taken Brady at his word. He said he wanted to play to his forty five, then play possibly fifty, um, lead the league in passing touchdowns, passing yards. It was this was not a falling off period this was not a I can't do this anymore I think this was just uh you know what I'm you know you know when Forrest Gump stops running in the movie and just says you know I'm tired or whatever he says like it wasn't that he couldn't do it anymore he was just it kind of hit a point where I'm done I'm just done uh, is what it seems like to me but I was surprised I I thought he'd keep playing because he has shown nothing but the ability to keep playing and keep playing at a high level. And um, we'll touch on it later about what we think. Uh, that my uh, 
that was my first reaction. I'll pass it to Brandon, then we'll go, you know, talk more about what, what, what it means. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Like what he said, going to 45, I thought that was kind of the benchmark of will he or will he not retire at that age? Um, because let's face it, I mean, he, he is top three MVP candidate this year. I mean, led the league in passing touchdowns uh, again at 44. Uh, just incredible. But, you know, I think being Tom Brady, and, and I think his heart is still kind of in it, and I think he wanted to go, but he, he made that very clear that it's not about him, it's about his family. You know, I, Giselle wanted him to retire four years ago, so – I think well, that I that's that a major really cool on camera. Yeah, it was really hot, guys. So I had to switch to the hat. <laughs> All good. Um, well, look, looking back on it now, um, you kind of like so looking back on it and then comparing it to what we saw at the beginning of COVID with the last dance um, and Brady starting to document uh, the man in the mirror, you can kind of see mm -hmm. he. He was he was plotting this now. Yeah, his, he had a foot his, door. his last season for sure. And and that's the thing though it, it it's really hard. And I I wonder if if he looks at himself in the mirror one day down the road because he's he's still at the top of the league um, as an NFL quarterback. And to hang it up now and you know. Just let it go. Will he ever regret, like, hey, you know, a year later, two years later, I don't think we're going to see a far reaction where he comes back. I think he's done. Once he's done, he's done. But um, I think he's going to sit there and, and kind of be like, you know, I, I still got it. I still have it. Uh, I, I still could be in a Super Bowl right now. Um, you know, that eighth ring would have been pretty, you know, well, four fingers – I don't know. And, and, going, and real quick, real quick, Randall, going back to leading the league in touchdowns and passing yards, this isn't a league right now that's void of quarterback play. This is right. a league that is stacked with quarterback talent and the passing right. all over the field. And he's still up there, like, like leading the league. Like, this is, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, well, you're feeling a little bit of my thunder here. The one question I was going to ask, and I'm sure we'll beat this around later. I feel like that's the uniqueness of this situation. Brady leaves with, for a lack of a better word, tread on the tires. When Peyton Manning left the game, he had nothing more he could play. Right. Ben Roethlisberger has nothing more he can do to help the game. Drew Brees had nothing more he could do to help the game. Brett Favre had nothing more he could do to help the game. The seven Super Bowls, the 14 AFC Championship game. What, for me, and I'll let you all say this in your own words, what makes him unique and maybe the most special thing about Brady to me, he's still at 45, walking out very much on his own terms and at the top of his game. After everything he's accomplished, I feel like Brady could show up 
in August and still be a top 10 quarterback. Robbie, how about you? What do you find unique? I find so, and that's a great, great point. This feels almost like Barry Sanders walking away, Calvin Johnson walking away, Gail Mm -hmm. Sayers walking away, but also in your best, but with seven championships. Like, how is that possible to walk away at what could be the peak of your career, walking away too early? as the most accomplished player and franchise hit Brady's franchise is one of the most Super Bowls. He's won more than any team has it. It's hard to put into words how dominant his career was and how impressive it was. Um, and then still leaving, not going off on going out on top as far as a championship, but Hey, you want to run it back? I'm he's a top five pick at 45. Absolutely, Brandon. And welcome, yeah. Rog Meadows, joining us. We'll <clears throat> finish this up and get on to the game. Brandon, final he, thoughts on Tom Brady? Yeah, so I mean, he he's the perfect storm of when talent matches the intellectual ability to understand the game. So he had both and, and that's a rare quality and, and to execute on both. He was a student of the game. I mean, he, he's the guy that, that brought everyone up around him that made his teammates better. Um, I'm sure he made several of his teammates more millions than, than they would have made otherwise. Um, 240. Yeah, and, and to <laughs> to go out on his terms at the top of the league, you know, I think maybe some of that, you know, Favre, uh, Roethlisberger, Sanders, or well, not Sanders, but some of the other guys that kind of fluttered out, they tried to stay in too long. You know, that, I don't think I don't think that was what he wanted. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with his family as well. Uh, and what, to be honest, what else does he have to prove? Like literally what else does he have to prove? He is, he's the goat. He'll forever be the goat. Like he is broke every record. I mean, amazing to watch at 44 top three, at least, if not the top. I mean, what does he got to prove? So it's just I, uh, end of an era, and it it's been amazing to be able to watch that live. Rod, you may I for the chime in? But do you have anything to add? To of course, talking about uh, the uniqueness first of, all, of Brady's legacy. Okay, few things. Uh, number one, four things. Number one, I'm sorry for being late. My wife is not feeling well, uh, but I'm always late. Number two, it was a fumble. Number three, I read a stat that Tom Brady beat over 120 different quarterbacks during his time. I don't know if you guys covered that or not. Uh, And finally, uh, Chain said it about making teammates rich. I think it was something like 240 teammates won, I believe, a Super Bowl because of him. And, of course, there's incentives. Uh, 
amazing release, as everyone said, brilliant, best ever. Didn't think I'd say that five years or 10 years ago, but I will now. I think that is well, the point. Well, let's move on. And I'm sure let's ask with somewhere down the road, we'll have the debate. Who is the GOAT's GOAT? Jordan, LeBron, Brady, for another day. I think Brady's resume is right there with the best of the best to ever play any sport. The first game I want to move on to is the Rams-Niners this weekend. Initially, I just want everybody to run around the, the, the circle here and let's talk a little bit about your impression of the game. Again, for those joining us, this is Reckless Speculation. We do reckless speculating. Also, this is a production of River City Media. We'll have some stuff you can buy later. But most of all, please, please go to our YouTube page. Like, follow, and subscribe. It's very critical for us that you do this. Niners Rams, Robbie. Let's start there. Uh, well, let me move in the other way. Rog, let me, let, me, let me hit the West Coast guy first on this one. Uh, as you guys know, was, oh, sorry, go ahead. Me watching the game as a fan, I felt like this is the Niners game for three and a half quarters. I just didn't feel like, in the end, offensively, the Niners could make that play to close the Rams out. Again, if it's a Jimmy G issue, what it was, but they couldn't make that one more play with that lead in the fourth quarter. What was your initial impressions of the game? Um, you know, first of all, being from Southern California, I'll always and forever be a Raider fan. That doesn't mean I don't want the Rams to win, so I'm kind of pulling for them, but of course, don't, don't get it twisted. This game was the antithesis of the Rams, meaning that, as Brandon has said it multiple times, generally they get out to a big lead and then Stafford blows it. Uh, Stafford had 337 yards and what, two TDs. He did throw a pick. I think it was tipped, but I don't want to put this on Jimmy G. What's up? Almost threw a pick at the end of the game to lose. Oh yeah. That that was bad. Hey, we're both saving faces. Stafford-esque. Stafford, (laughs) exactly. But usually it's caught. Um, I don't think it's fair to put it on Jimmy G. The Rams actually shut down a run game, and one of the best run games in the NFL, whoever the Niners put back there, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Debo, and earlier in the year, uh, all, all sorts of players, the names escape me right now that were injured, uh, even though I drafted one. Um, Debo was, had seven for 26, and he was the leading rusher at 3.6 yards. Elijah Mitchell had 11 for 20. If you shut down the run, you're going to put it all in the passing game. And the Rams were doubling Debo a lot over the top, and nobody else stepped up. I mean, I don't know what George Kittle did. Uh, So kudos to the Rams. They scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, they went out and snatched the game for once. I I agree with that. I, I, I was puzzled, and maybe we can expound on this. George Kittle, for the years, that just jumps off and his, you know, air targets, his, I read a stat that he needs less than a yard separation on average than a catch. He did have a TD, sorry. Yes. 
So, uh, Brandon, what was your early impressions of this game, and what was your instant reaction? Instant reaction. So, we all called this out earlier before the game. Like, the 49ers had to run the ball and control the clock, keep the Rams off the field. As Raj said, that didn't happen so well. Well, then you got to look at the best player on the 49ers offense, Debo Samuel. He was held to under 100 yards in total offense. And now I don't know if that goes to play calling. I mean, I, I think the whole fourth quarter maybe he didn't even touch the ball. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Kyle Shanahan's a better coach than that. You got to get the ball in that guy's hands. Um, and then again to to the interception that you know typical Stafford should have thrown safety dropped, um, which won the Rams that game. Um, you know they just got lucky. They got lucky. That was just one of those things that fell their way. Um, that is just the statistic of Stafford. If you look, you know. Throughout his career, the game's high-pressure situations, this is just what happens. He forces the ball, throws turnovers, bad decisions. That was a bad decision. That was dropped. And then they went on to win the game because of it. So, I did call the Rams winning this game. I think a couple of us did here. Um, but all in out, Kyle Shanahan, what are you doing? Devo Samuel, best player on the field. Get him the ball. Like – I just don't understand how he's held to under 100 yards of total offense. Robbie, I found our friend Justin Thomas' first comment. Jimmy G's gone soon. And, I mean, biggest Niner now. fan. I know. And, and the Niner Nation is almost he admitted it. celebrating a quarterback leaving that got him the NFC title game. So, start from there. So, this game – had to bring back nightmares for Kyle Shanahan. You're up 17-7 in the fourth quarter, and you blow this lead. Um, I don't have to remind – If you're going to say it, let me mute my ears first. I don't have to remind the Falcons fan on here about what happens. Um, No, I mean, (laughs) to me, this is is a design problem. This was – for Shanahan, who's beat McVay six times in a row, and McVay flipped it on him. Kyle Shanahan's offense got 50 yards total rushing in a low-scoring game. You're not going to win that. Mm-mm. The Rams outrushed them. The Rams only got 70 yards, but that's two first downs better. In a close game, that matters. The Rams threw for 337. Uh, the Niners threw for 232. Those are first downs. Those are tight. Those are those are momentum changers. Yeah, I agree. Stafford threw the ball up. Easy interceptions. Probably one of the easiest interceptions you'll see in the NFL. But there's still seven minutes left on the clock at that point. And True. the Niners offense isn't doing anything. Like they just can't move the ball. And this, so to me, um, you can complain about Jimmy G. Um, yeah, he got him to the NFC championship game. Against two difficult opponents, this was a design. This was a coaching matchup, and McVay out Fox Shanahan, and that's that's the difference. Totally agree. 
Jimmy G was 31 and 14, by the way. And credit the Rams, man. They took away Debo and the run game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in running, we always quote statistics because Robbie and I are nerds. But uh, it's not how much you do. It's when you do it. So I want to address one thing, too. And it's a huge chance. It's like the yard work. The Rams organization. (laughs) That was clever. The Rams organization took a huge chance when Robert Woods got injured to bring in Odell Beckham, who had nine catches for 113. Odell Beckham, to me, uh, Cooper Cup was Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson has really done nothing in that role. They lose Tyler Higbee. Uh, on the first series, Keith Blanton has a nice game. But Odell Beckham might have been the difference in this game, especially late with some big catches. When Robert Woods went down and they signed Odell Beckham, I think for the most part my reaction was, oh, they, they just signed a cancer. Robbie, it wasn't a cancer, is it? We should have a reckless speculation button when we're about to go reckless speculating. So this is this is the the Titans should should be watching this right now and saying this is what happens when you go for it. You don't worry about draft picks. You don't worry about anything. Aaron Rodgers is building a house in Franklin. You go out there and you say, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, what do you want? We're getting him and we're going for it next year. So this is the this is the blueprint now. Tampa did it last year. LA's doing it this year. Go and get the players now. Who cares about the draft? Who cares about building? When you have a window to win, you go and win, or else you're going to end up sitting there like the Dallas Cowboys. Um, team in the air. No man's land. Like Tennessee, go and win. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Odell Beckham signing after Robert Woods goes down. It looks like a stroke <clears throat> of genius now. Yeah, yes, yes, it, it, it was because they, they're going for it. They got Stafford, they got Beckham. I've used my time, but yes, um, yes, it was genius. Shane, not only Beckham, a very disgruntled Von Miller. Yeah, and, and he, he made some big plays, you know, as of late, especially in, in the playoffs. So, <clears throat> but to back to Beckham, you know, he, he may have revamped his career. He's a free agent this year. Like, there's going to be some big numbers coming out. Exactly. Julio's gone. You know, why not? Let's yeah. do another $17 million. Get Get somebody. No. But, <laughs> but he's, you know, with a good head on his shoulders and the right coach. I mean, look what this guy can do, you know. Uh, quarterback's good. Uh, it, it, was, it was a sellout for the Rams, and it's win now, not later. And I think more NFL teams need to take note on that. And not, I think they always trip over themselves with this whole rebuild, like, and not want to give away draft picks. But you got to look at when you get a group of rookies, Bengals, for instance, which we'll touch shortly. You get a group of rookies on a rookie contract, and you're south, you're way under the salary cap, and you can put in these veteran pieces that are going to help a team win, like. What are you waiting on? Like, why not do it now? Like, who cares if you don't get a draft pick for six years in the first round? Like, go for it. 
Everyone wants championships. Well, the Owners want championships. The Raiders have missed on a first-round pick the last decade. They don't need them. Just decade. Go back well, to Jamarcus. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like exactly. And, and chances of missing on a first-round pick are, you know, you know, fifty-fifty maybe. Yeah. You know. So yeah. so I'd so say go for. 10. Yeah, maybe even higher than that. So go for the win now when that window's there. It's just like. Like the Titans, we're we're in a salary cap restructure as well. Uh, not as bad as Green Bay, obviously, but um, we've got problems ourselves. And you're going to have to. Fan, I'd like to run Calvin Ridley out there if you Titans are interested. Uh, he's available. Well, we got to get Raymond yeah. Cobb too. So I hope he's healthy. Yeah, if Rogers comes, Cobb's Cobb's a mentally healthy, and that's yeah. serious. Roger, as our baseball guy, I, and, and it's, I hate making comparisons to sports, but the Rams did push the buttons and sign the right people and trade for the right people late in the year. Similar to what the Braves did in baseball. Is that the new pattern? Late in the year, going to get these few pieces that you need? I think everyone does it every year. The Dodgers did it for the last 25 years. I. I don't know if people can tell that I may be a Dodger fan, uh, but they didn't win it until last year. And with the Rams as well, it, it's pretty anti-Rams. If anyone remembers the old Rams with Georgia Frontieri, you know, going to St. Louis and back when they were in L.A., they were in Anaheim Stadium. The And I'm using this word for a second time, antithesis of, you know, Stan Kroenke and what we're seeing now with SoFi, which is the most expensive stadium in the history of the world because everyone needs LED lights on top of their stadium. Um, hey, you got Walmart to, money, man. Walmart money. Dude, whatever. He and he did well. Uh, back to the Rams, though. I didn't hear anything from, uh, I want to call him ODB, rest in peace, but o, OBJ, since he went to the Rams, which is not him. I didn't hear him say a word. And Vaughn Miller is also in you know, fairly ostentatious, um, nothing. So Great point. I, I attribute that to the organization and to Sean McVay. Uh, wow. I, I couldn't believe it. I really didn't hear a word from Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, uh, it leaves me speechless. He also kept several running backs happy that were playing – you know, these are probably front-line running backs in both teams. They're getting 10, 15 carries at max in L.A. Smart. Let's move yeah. on um, to the Bengals and the Chiefs. In a game that's set up to be the greatest storyline ever. Who If Come on, guys. Who besides me thought the Chiefs were going to win it in overtime with the first possession? Again, 100%. Again, hundred percent. Again, the Chiefs go to overtime. To me, the storyline is the birth of a new superstar. I think Joe Burrow's done enough now that he has caught the imaginations of the U.S. He may not be a superstar in talent yet, but he's a superstar in image. If you listen, when I drop Anna Lee off to school, you hear kids talk. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. In my office, people that don't even follow football, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Rog, is it Joe Burrow 
or are the Bengals just that good? It's mostly coaching, in my opinion. But, yeah, I, I can't take it away from Joe Burrow. I'm not making the comparison, but, you know, he's fairly Brady-esque. Uh, he's got a great release. He's obviously very smart. You know, if people remember, he was a backup at Ohio State. Uh, he had to go to LSU and Coach O to come out of his shell. And probably the coordinators had something to do with it. Um, yeah, man, he's a leader. And, and that's what I, I see when I look at him. He was at LSU. Whatever happened between that transfer period, good Lord. I've never seen a player, you know, at least in terms of the what I see, which is a media portrayal, flip like that. Um, you, you know, back to the Bengals, I think Chain and I both said that we like the Bengals. I mean, even though, again, I'm a Rams guy right now. I mean, how do you pick against Cincinnati? And real quick, you know, they, they can run the ball. Their backs catch the ball again. And, you know, the, the Chiefs decided to double Jamar Chase. And he got T. Higgins, who's a beast. I mean, look at him. He's, he's a, a skinnier, more svelte Devontae Adams uh, and Tyler Boyd. Three receivers, a tight end. Uh, hopefully, Uzoma gets healthy. Backup <clears throat> tight end was great. I, I, you know, they outcoached Kansas City. They outplayed them. The defense did what they needed to. Uh, all I have to say is two words, who day? That's what the Bengals say. Brandon, you are an Ohio State guy, and you know the story behind Burrow. But let me throw something else for you to comment on. 18 seconds left in the third quarter. Last week, the world killed the Bills for going for two early. The Bengals pick up the two-point conversion in the third quarter, which really put them in line to tie this game by going for it early. Comment on Burrow, his role at Ohio State, why he left. Also, how big was the two-point conversion? So, the whole Burrow situation at Ohio State, that was, you know, bad on Urban Meyer. Um, Choosing, I think, uh, JT Barrett over him starting. And, you know, Burrow obviously was self, I don't know the word, self-involved, not self-involved. But anyway, he realized his own talents and needed to be on the field. He he couldn't sit, sit back and watch it. Um, so... Transferring was was probably the best thing for him at, at that moment, um, obviously. So you go you go back to the game. I, I think, like I was saying earlier, they're they're in a window right now of rookie contracts. You know, they passed on some offensive linemen to get Jamar Chase and to get get these pieces around Joe Burrow. And this is an offensive-driven league. Now, granted, you know, facing a defense like the Titans, he's been sacked nine times, but they can still pull a win out somehow. <laughs> Ironically, you know? they let Whitworth go to the Rams, but sorry right. to continue. No. Um, so there's this, they've got this, you know, three, four-year window where they can put some offensive line pieces in. Defense can shore up a little bit. They're going to be really, really tough to manage, um, and, and you've got you've got uh, the Chiefs and 
the Bills who might have to do a little bit of manipulation with their contracts and, and moving pieces around. Not for the Bengals. They're they're in a really great position right now to to actually add pieces to a, to a team that is is has made it there. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow. He is uh, like a like you guys said a mini Tom Brady right now. He's got he's a very cerebral quarterback. He studies the game. He, he releases the ball quick. He makes decisions quick. He can read a defense, and he's got the talent to back it up. And, you know, the coach isn't too bad either. So, I, you know, fear the Bengals for the next three or four years. It, it's going to be tough to beat. They're going to get better. You're right. They have, they have Burrow, Burrow for three more years on his rookie contract, Chase for four more years. And pay him Robbie, forever. You said it earlier in the year. I also had him on one of the fantasy teams. Joe Burrow grew up during this football season in a lot of ways. He struggled at times the first eight games. He was uh, a bum. Yeah, yes. Uh, so <laughs> Robbie well, is a bum. Real, real quick, though, is Josh Allen still on his rookie co- contract also? Uh, I think this is the end. I of thought he got contract. last year. Okay. All Didn't right. he get paid? Yeah, he's second to, like, Brady. And, and Yeah, he, he, he got already paid. got paid. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, um, yes, uh, Randall, I call and I apologize for calling Joe Burrow a bum on numerous, numerous occasions. Not I, I cannot believe this Cincinnati team is in the Super Bowl because I have this <laughs> darn Cincinnati team on my fantasy league, and it, they just came on late and just took off, but I was getting beat over and over and over again. Um, yeah, that's why you lost. But no, right. uh, in ser- in seriousness, no. Like Joe Burrow just doesn't lose big games. He just doesn't for whatever reason. Um, he beat some really good SEC teams. Beat uh, Trevor Lawrence in the championship game. Now he's came through um, L.A. No, Las Vegas. Sorry, um, Tennessee, and now Kansas City. My one word for the game this this weekend, though, was arrogance. Man, Kansas City, you you talk about an arrogant coaching staff, an arrogant organization. You're up 21-3, and they must have either thought, hey, they can't come back, or if they do come back, we can separate again. Because going for two, and then the over, like, it was just an arrogant feel. They're at home, and, like, no, that this this Bengals team is scrappy. They're ready to play, and they've got talent like you've got talent, and they've got coaches like you've got coaches. Uh, yeah, yeah. This England coach, uh, what well, I can't believe both of these coaches are our age or younger. Um, it's <laughs> younger insane. But they are really, really good. And yeah, I thought the Chiefs got cute, and I mean, yeah. shut down in the second half. They were shut yeah. down. Yeah, three points in the last three seconds of the second half. Yeah, I mean that—that's just wow. Yeah, I thought they just, were going to coast into a win. You know. Oh yeah, it this, was, this was. It it wasn't that. I guess this low scoring of a game was a shock to me. I was expecting it to be a shootout, maybe turnovers, but I mean, 
Well, that's bad on the Chiefs, though. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. literally did nothing in the second half and no. just let the Bengals crawl right back in it. And yeah, that's zero. the thing. You give you give a team like that with that much spunk and momentum going right now and belief. Like, there's a lot of a lot well, to a locker room when well, and when there's no, belief in a locker room. Just like no that. giving f. Like right. Like hey, you're yeah. on the road. You're young. We're gonna be. This is our core for the next five years. Like I said, yeah, and Burrow was like, I'm tired of the underdog narrative, you know, and I'm yeah. sure he preached that at halftime, and it's like he just pulls magic out, you know, and you know, obviously Chiefs could have won that game, interception with Mahomes in overtime. That was unlike Mahomes. Well, was Mahomes After beginning a drop, of the year. pick six. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the yeah, next so, play, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. I'll be back. Bengals – I don't know how you bet against them in the Super Bowl so, this year. I want to ask you a couple – I want to ask a question here. Let's start with you, Jane. You're starting a football team tomorrow. Widely, widely discussed in the NFL is how great the Cowboys receivers are. Gallup, Lamb, Cooper. You taking the Cowboys receivers or the Bengals to start your football team? Bengals. That's not a question. Not even a question. Yeah. Bengals. Roger, shaking your head yes, I assume. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being I love C.D. Lamb. Uh, 100% Cincinnati. Hunt, 110%. Yeah. Next I, I question. Might, if you could trade if, Higgins for C.D. Lamb, I'd take part that. of the Bengals, not Joe Mixon, because every time they get in trouble, they can do what the Chiefs couldn't do, which is turn around – and get three yards with Joe Mixon. Even though that offensive line's not the greatest, he's productive and averages about close to four yards a carry. Is Mixon the missing piece that we're all like looking around in the playoffs looking for? A good back with an okay offensive line. Mixon, Mixon is um, he's a great back. He, he's a great running back. And the Bengals run – offensive line when when they're in you know run mode they do well like they can run the ball it's pass protection is where they have trouble so i don't i don't discount their offensive line on the run game um mixon is really good he's one of the top backs in the league i think i don't know rushing this year probably top five or somewhere in there um 1,213 yeah. TDs. But you've got to have you've got to have that complimentary or complimentary. Sorry, something like you know what I mean. Um, Festival back, yeah, back in the field to to relieve some of that pressure, especially when your offensive line is not that good at the pass blocking. Um, opens up a little bit of play action, which I don't think they run too much of that. It's more of Bro, scurrying and you know catching uh, Higgins or Chase down the field, but um, yeah, it's it's a big piece of the pie for sure. It is to their success is Joe Mixon. Robbie, you get the last question about the Bengals, and we've we've talked about a couple of different things. I got a great point. Go ahead, Rog. Uh, put me on the spot. The running backs caught ninety-seven balls. Uh, the most impressive thing about Joe Mixon. Uh, 
was that he caught 42 balls and he averaged almost eight yards per catch. What does that tell you? Uh, you know, the, the receivers are doing their job. They're getting downfield, but both backs, again, can catch the football. Burrow finds them. That's all I have to say. All right, we'll come back around with this one because I think this is a great point here. Robbie, how good is that Bengals defense? And could you name three people off of it before last week? Because I couldn't have. <laughs> I still can't. Um, no, they're – look, they they shut down, um, albeit a injured Tennessee team, but held them to 16 points. They held the Raiders. I can't remember what that score was. They held the 23-16? Yeah, 16. So, okay, and they held – the Kansas City to 24 points. In today's NFL, if you can average – your defense can average holding a team under 20 points in the playoffs against really, really good teams, really well-coached teams, really good, talented teams, um, yeah, you got to like those chances. Brandon, give us a word on the Bengals' defense, and Rod, you'll finish up on the segment. No, I, I agree. I couldn't name one of them still right now. Um, but – they're just like Robbie said. I mean, holding them to that many points in a playoff. Let's get it straight. Playoff games are so hard to win in the NFL. I mean, so hard to win. So when you get to that level, things change. This isn't a regular season game. I mean, coaching is better, players are better, everyone's more prepared. So it is very, very tough. I mean, look at Rodgers against the 49ers. Is what? 0-4 in playoffs against the 49ers. So you look at elite quarterbacks and situation, it's a very, very tough situation. Um, and, and then when you can have a defense that can hold someone, especially, you know, like a high-powered offensive team or, or, or something of that nature to 20 points or less, I mean, your chances are, are above 50% to win that game. So – I mean, like I said, the, the window for the Bengals right now, like NFL beware, they're they're scary right now. Like you give them a couple draft picks, this team is is really scary. Well, and with Ben retiring, their division just got a lot weaker. Yeah, yeah, totally that, agree. That's a great point because you have Baker Mayfield, <clears throat> unknown, and Lamar Jackson in that division now. And now Pittsburgh should be two wins. So – them running from the wild card up, or at least the home walk or the best division winner. But you're looking at maybe home field next year. Yeah. Rog, close us out on the Bengals, and then we'll get them moving on. First of all, I want the world to know that Randall is a great host because we love to interrupt, especially Robbie and I. And he said, Rog, close us out. Before we got into this, we call it road mapping. And that was a nice job because I tend to butt in. Just a little bit. How can you not name people on the Bengals? I mean, three Caucasians and an Indian guy. They have two white defensive ends. Uh, excuse me. Parkinson's. Yeah, Hendrickson and Sam Hendrickson. Hubbard. Over 20 sacks between the two. Um, Jesse Bates is a safety, so I named three. Von Bell. We um, didn't all go to law school in Cincinnati. That was like 20 years ago, bro. No, it's not bad. There's a few uh, Ohio State guys on there. I'll just put on the spot. I, I couldn't I think of I still have no idea. 
Von Bell made the, the interception, though, by the way, at the end. Exactly. Local, local product. Ty, oh, really? Hill threw three picks on the, in the division round. I still don't know who the, who intercepted them. Uh, Von Bell made the key interception at the end. Probably almost and any of them. He, I, I can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I mean, I, I can't recall, to be honest, the Bengals' defensive coordinator, but dude, that dude deserves a medal because they flipped the switch. They were porous. They were getting run on. I guess it's Lua and Arumo, based on my friend Google. Wow. They shut down the Titans, the run game. Sorry, guys, but they destroyed Derrick Henry and, I mean, just annihilated, really. Just destroyed. Yeah. But, well, no, I, I mean, no, look at Kansas City, three points in the second half. Um, I can't believe the Raiders stayed within seven, but uh, wow. How do you, again, Chain and I said it, how do you bet against that team right now? Yeah. Well, it, you look at the coaching, though, like the halftime adjustments. That is huge, especially in playoff games. And you look how they flipped the script on Kansas City, and they absolutely shut them down. I mean, Kansas City was coasting to, you know, another Super Bowl easily. And A bait team. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. So, Bengals are – go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I need to hit the button again, reckless speculation. Rex spec. They're – yeah, the Rex spec button. Look, they've got to be calling these games differently because it is like – Jamar Chase, you could have double teamed in the regular season. It didn't matter. He was open every single play. They're throwing the ball like these games have been low score and they've been tight. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy, but I am saying every there's single a game during Here the playoffs have been a one point uh, at the final game, final moment. Hey, do you think the NFL offers them an extra hundred thousand dollars to make the Even games close? closer? I can't wait. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Let's do some housekeeping on that note. One, oh. we need you to follow us at River City Media Sports on YouTube. If you haven't noticed over the last few weeks, all of our old media, the iTunes is still there as River City Media. Facebook's still there as River City Media. But we're making a move to YouTube. One, so that we can provide you better up-to-date information. You'll see a lot more quick hitter shows going on. We all travel to a lot of games. You'll get updates from games. Change the season ticket holder at the Titans. Robbie's a Vols basketball season ticket holder. I'm a Vols football season ticket holder. And Raj Mehta travels more sporting events than anyone I know. So we all should have went to Cincinnati Law School. And Google's doing a 20 to 1 stock split so you can buy it cheap. So you can yep. be an get investor it now. with us. Yeah. I can, yeah, exactly. And you yeah. said we had 500,000 views. Uh, I, I thought you were BSing on that one, but wow, good job! Yeah, five, we are on we are online with five hundred thousand followers tonight. Okay. We'll see how many views we get out of that. I should have but been more professional. If you would like to support us, we're we are selling some merchandise for a basic ten dollar donation. You can get this lovely, lovely black River City Media. Mouse, mouse pad. pad and you can That's send all your dog. donations to randall cunningham 16 if you'd like to become a monthly sponsor dollars a month 
You can also buy this beautiful River City Media t-shirt. One-time gift of $25 will get you in. A continuous gift of $25 over two months will get you a shirt and a hat. A gift over three months of $25 or more will get you a lovely set of coasters for your home made on a fake marble. You know, we'd like to say it's marble. It's near marble. River City logo involved. Four of those if you go three months or more at $25. All those donations can be sent to Randall Cunningham 16, the official River City Media sponsorship. Is that Venmo or PayPal? That's PayPal. For the record, that's all Randall. The three of us do nothing except have cocktails and babble. Yeah. We also, while you babble, you can also, the biggest thing you can do for us right now, River City Media Sport, like this video, subscribe to this channel. We have big plans, but we need your support right now to get there. So sorry to interrupt the show with a little advertisement, but we've got to be better about it. So if you can see at the bottom, we'll let it scroll for a while. All this information scrolling at the bottom. Open back up with this $100,000 question. Brian Flores is bringing a, a lawsuit, which is many faceted. I read the lawsuit. I read an attorney's interpretation of the lawsuit. It, it, it's very, very deep. But what is really bothering me at this point is you also had Hugh Jackson come out with the same claim. Both coaches are claiming they were paid bonuses to lose football games. As huge as the NFL is, as big as this juggernaut is, the only thing that I think could derail it right now is something questioning the competition level. So, Raj, what was your initial... Wait. Robbie, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, no and I, I wanna, end I with the minority. I want to hear first. I just want to clarify and make sure we have it right. I think the reporting was Hugh Jackson claims to have received the payments and Flores has uh, offered the payments. Proposition. Offered the payments. Yes, he did not. That right? is correct. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to close this one out as the resident brown guy. Uh, plus, I have to go use the restroom real quick. So that's professionalism at its finest. Uh, yeah, I got a lot to go say ahead. about this. Robbie, open us up. You've got you 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 have, you you were on a roll there anyway. Um. Yeah. So this. So let me let me try to divert my stances um, from a fan and from a lawyer. Um, starting off with a fan, this is deeply troubling, these allegations. Um, well, we knew this kind of all took place. Like, yeah, like the Rooney rule. Like, look, the Rooney rule is a good idea. It's a great idea. It is letting minorities get in the interview room and let them get a chance, whether they get the job or not, let them impress people. Um, Mike Tomlin, Tony Dungy, um, probably Brian Flores, 
people have gotten jobs because they interviewed well, and that goes. There's look, look, man. There's only 32 of these guys, and I emphasize the word guys and white guys. But look, man, they're all old white men, but they're all 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 old white men because they took a gamble back in the 50s that this thing was going to take off and it did take off and and now like you want minority owners we i think we all do the problem is there's only 32 of them and they only come up for sale so often and you're looking at the broncos now for sale for four billion well you're looking at robert smith a black entrepreneur wanting to it's one of the the uh investment groups his net worth is estimated at 6.7 billion so that makes him one of the six six of the top 10 richest nfl owners but that's 80 percent of his net worth most of the nfl owners got these teams cheap these are toys to them that just happen to generate generational wealth Al Davis buying the Raiders for a hundred grand or fifty grand. Now there was a joke. There's five billion dollars worth. Like that's a return on investment. So you can only have to, to change the culture. You have to change it from ownership. But how do you how do you do that? Because they don't like fa- it's family wealth is passed down, and so as long as there's only thirty two, it's going to be complicated. And it, I equate this to an HOA association. And that may be a lame kind of uh, analogy, but it is, look, there's 32 houses. They came together and said, Hey, we, we want this HOA policy in place where you have to hire minority candidates or you have to, no, sorry, interview minority candidates. Well, they're doing that. Um, well, what more can you do? You can't say, Hey, I'm going to make you uh, make your living room look a certain way. If you don't want it to do that way, there's a certain ownership thing. This is a complicated problem without a real easy or even a possible solution. This, this lawsuit is it's gonna get messy, but at the end of the day, I look look and for everyone, um <clears throat> I, let me step back. The NFL is a private company, it is not a government entity. So the Bill of Rights and what you think of constitutional privileges do not apply to private companies. So, and this gets this gets confused with freedom of speech, um, right? To, it, it gets confused so much amongst not. I'm not saying equal opportunity. Yeah, great. Yeah, point. all great of this, points. all this is this is a private company that's allowed to make their own rules that are not like you can't mm-hmm. discriminate <clears throat> employment. But saying I want to hire someone that looks like me, that's not discrimination. That's my comfortability. And so it's this is a touchy subject and it is very, very complex. And I want to uh, maybe next week or a week after um, really I want to read the pleadings, read the answer once the NFL files it, really get into the legal arguments of it. If you all want to hear it, maybe no one wants to hear it. It's a nerdy subject. I guess. Oh, yeah. We want to hear it. Yeah, I definitely want to hear it. I think us as a society needs to follow that path. Um, you know, I, I agree with you, Robbie, and I agree with your statement. 
I also think that as great as the Rooney Rule is, and I do think Mike Tumlin is the finest example of the Rooney Rule, I also worry about it. I worry about the NFL job is a unique job. I worry about coaches being qualified. Uh, what amazes me is Eric Bieniemy has interviewed for every head coaching job over the last 24 months has yet to get one. Now, is that because Mr. Bieniemy, Coach Bieniemy, doesn't interview well? Is it because there's something inherited wrong there? Or is it because all the guys in the NFL believe that Andy Reid is calling those plays on the sideline? It is truly a unique individual situation. Well, well, the tricky part of it is, hey, if I'm, let's say I'm the Google guys, right, in my, in my garage, I don't necessarily want qualified. I want people that can see my vision, whether that's white, black, Indian, Chinese, Hispanic. I want what I want. That doesn't make me racist. That just makes me what I want. And so that is like, how do you judge intent of people? And, and so you need smoking guns. And I don't know what discovery is going to, going to, going to find out, but yeah, like, I don't like, like for instance, okay. So I run a law office. There's paralegal schools. I think paralegal degrees aren't necessarily qualifications that I look for. I look for street smarts and can you relate to people? So if you give me a person that's a paralegal work today, say divorce, diverse divorce firm for 30 years, they're qualified to work in a legal field, but not for me because I want street smarts. I want to relate to clients that need injury help. So that's not me stereotyping or me uh, being racist or even that's just what I want. And that's essentially what Flores is up against is, how do you judge what an owner wants? Like, it's their team. Absolutely. Brendan, as a fan, and you and I are the only non-attorneys in this show. I don't so I think we bring up, we don't look at it from the legal side, but as a fan, I was sick at my stomach when I saw these incentives to lose games, uh, to increase your draft position. Go ahead and expand on what you think, and plus add that into the end. So, we've all been recklessly speculating for years about teams that are at the bottom tanking to get a, a number one draft pick for, especially when there's a, a high-profile quarterback or somebody that can change your franchise. That has been speculated for years over fan base um, and obviously over ownership. Um this is this is no news that's new to me. I I feel like this has been going on for a long time. It's just now coming to light uh, in the media, but yeah, of course this has been going on. It's just like players in college have been paid for years. It's been going on for years. You know, now they get NLI contracts. Yeah. Somehow they're going to reconcile this and and make it all fine, but that that doesn't bother me as much as you know this whole situation with Flores. So to Robbie's point, 
I mean, you can't, as an owner, you want what you want. You have a culture, you, you build it on that. And, and that's what you're looking for. But the way they went about this and with the Brady text, I mean, not Brady, but Belichick text um, with Brian, you know, and him getting somewhat of a Rooney interview. That is just wrong. Like, even if, even if, you know, take color out of the entire situation, even if you have your guy, you don't, you still have candidates lined up for an interview. You know, you give them the due diligence to interview properly and, you know, who knows? Maybe on the owner side, maybe maybe somebody you thought you had your guy, maybe maybe your mind gets changed. But to come out that way, I think that's what pushed Flores over the edge um, as far as filing a lawsuit like this. I, you know, there were several things that, you know, in the past that led up to this, but this was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, in my opinion. Um, and that, yeah integrity this guy like you listen to him talk he he seems just like a a, a great dude like he he's there for the players like he, he wants to win and when you when you're faced with that option like hey what I'll pay you an extra hundred thousand dollars to lose a game whatever and it again he's like it's not in me I can't do it that's a winner's mentality. So that's got to say something about him and, the, and his coaching mentality. Go ahead. Is the 800-pound gorilla in the room is that he didn't lose games down the stretch? Matter that's the entire reason why he got good. fired. Yeah, that's the entire reason why he got fired, in my opinion. Um, well, I think the 800 – Because it was a surprise that he got fired. Like, I think – Okay, so if you look at it, look at his record in the last two years, it's 19 and 14. In the last two years, Bill Belichick's record in the last two years, 17 and 16. Flores has a better record. Like he he's been doing well with less, in my opinion. So to not give this guy an opportunity and to now, Grant, like I said, it, an owner knows what he wants. And if he had uh, Brian DeBall or whatever already in his mind, that's who he wanted. OK, get it. But the way they went about it. It it's, brings on this lawsuit because it, it like I said it's the straw that broke the camel's back. There were so many things that led up to this, and um, it, it, it's going to be a messy situation. And I'm anxious to hear the lawyers' point of views in the coming. The eight hundred the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room is if this is true. Like so, there's the racist practices, and then there's this tanking, overtly tanking. If this is true, this is a huge wedge between gambling and the NFL. And they've got – so, like, does does Ross have to give up the Dolphins? And if it's true what's alleged about Haslam, does he have to sell the Browns? These are powerful, powerful men with lawyers and – like you're talking about a fight to keep these billion dollar assets against allegations of paper trails and what can be excluded at trial. This, this could set up to be a fascinating fight against because you're essentially the 
the commissioner has to say, and if like what we saw in the NBA, but the NBA did it. The NBA when they forced Sterling out, that was a blatant racist behavior. Everyone was on board with that. This is simply jockeying to do what you should do. If you're and and Brandon and I have set in the Titans uh, stand, say yeah, tank for Reggie Bush, tank for like we've been there. Right. Fans want this, and so the system means if you lose, you get a better draft pick. And so this is overtly the owners paying the coaches to lose. Um, this is the White Sox scandal. This is that. This is big. Right. This is the big. This is the bigger deal than the racism. And while racism is a bigger problem, it's going to be harder to prove that. But if it's true, you paid the coach to lose. Two owners may lose their team. I agree. I, not to bel- not to belittle racism allegations going on here because I think that is somewhat of a concern and, and they really need to get that together and figure that out. Um, But I totally agree. I mean, this, you know, allegations of paying coaches to lose games and tank, like we said, facetiously, we've all thought that this was, you know, this team needs a tank, you know, Trevor Lawrence is up for quarterback, you know, whoever. Um, We've all said that as fans and, you know, we, we weren't wrong. You know, owners have been doing this. I really think so. So they've got a, they've got a battle on their hands in both aspects. All right. I have, may I? Go ahead. I know you've been waiting to make a point, but I also want you while you're making this point, not from a legal standpoint, but for also want you to address it from a personal standpoint. Uh, I don't practice law anymore. That's all, Rob. I have a number <laughs> of rhetorical questions. <sighs> number one, how come only two African-American coaches have alleged being propositioned to tank games? Uh, no Caucasian coaches, and that's like 999 Five percent of every coach ever to exist. Very good number point. two. R- Robbie is completely right. Ownership is rooted in the sense of supremacy from generations ago, and and to their credit, most of them didn't give it up, but most of them were broke as a joke, and I guess they had a vision. But this entire league is whatever the owners want. And why they want, you know, a league that statistically is 60% African-American. Really, when you take out three quarterbacks on a roster or a punter and a kicker, I don't want to get into that. But, you know, probably 80, 85% African-American. To have one coach right now, uh, one non-Caucasian owner, I, I mean, it's baffling. And the Rooney rule is nonsense. It's BS. Why does it have to exist? It shouldn't have to exist. It's a totally agree. nonsensical, you, you know, that's, I even, you know, Kendrick Perkins said it perfectly. This wannabe utopia to, to present this facade of equal opportunity and equal rights. And it's nonsense. So the facts speak for themselves. I mean, I digress, but 
I, I mean, literally, I could speak on this for days. Brian Flores, in my opinion, is 100% accurate. This is the best thing to happen in the NFL in a long time. And I can't wait to see how this plays out. Um, yeah. All right, guys. I'm sure we're going to discuss this Wait, many, can I, many, can I make many one, times. Can I make, can I make one, but I would like two to go ahead, Robbie. I'm going to give everybody one final word on this subject. No more. Um, yeah, Raj, that was well said. Those were great <laughs> questions. Um, and the one thing I would point out is there, there's no excuse for it. Um, but I want people to understand these 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 white men that are on these teams, the majority of them, like for instance, Jerry Jones was the captain of Arkansas football. It was segregated. Like there were no black people in the school at all. And like so and now he owns the Cowboys. And like and this is over and over and over and over again on all these owners, these 70 to 80 years of owners. They're, they're not like us. They're not like the majority of the population that, well, that was an overreach. They're not like us about people. like And so it is hard, and it's a hard concept. And the Rooney Rule, yes, it is, it's, been, it's been essentially bastardized, but the, the principle was good, and it has led to minority head coaches. And I do, as much as crap as we give Roger Goodell – he wants it to be more diverse. It's just there's he works for them, not the other way around. As much as they want to think that he's the face of the NFL, he's not. He's their shield. To he takes all the punches while the, these rich white owners lay back and be like, "Yeah, blame him." Makes them money. Yep. Brandon, you got anything else to add? Because I'm, I'm telling you, this is not the last time we've discussed this. No, I know. We'll, we'll definitely discuss it again. Um, you, you got to hire the best candidate for the job, and the best candidate that fits your vision and what you're trying to do. You're and cool. until we take color out of it it's going to be hard to achieve because we're going to hit speed bumps just like we're hitting right now. To that point, my final word is that if we have that argument of those that, you know, state that it's about qualifications. Well, how do you attain those qualifications? It's about opportunity that's rooted in decades and decades of this. You can't say like the enemy is proof. I mean, what more can you do than to be a coordinator of the, one of the best offenses, a historical offense, and not get the opportunity. It's not about qualifications. Again, like most things, anything in life, it's rooted. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a mechanism. And I wish it didn't exist. Uh, well, to your point, Raj, I think we're in a transition in – society of of that uh, that's uh, what i didn't want to get into <laughs> that's a five-hour conversation it is it is a week is uh i would like i'd like to bring up jared mayo real fast a very young nfl coach very not ready in my opinion by his resume 
to be a head, uh, NFL head coach, but he gets interviews, and I don't want to think – I think Jared Mayo is going to be a great NFL coach someday. But I worry that his interviews are to fill the Rooney Rule. It's and that's not the spirit of the Rooney Rule right now. I don't know if Jarrett Mayo has a chance to get one of those jobs, but he's included in every one of the jobs. So That it, is the spirit of the Rooney Rule. It's obligation. Jared Mayo's young. He's 35. He's coached for a little bit. He's a linebacker's coach. Yeah, he's on the on Belichick's staff, but that's the Rooney Rule. It's entirely obligation, and you're right. We should move on because this is a topic that we should uh, discuss for the rest yeah. of eternity. I, Rob, I you say, keep doing this, and then we go around the horn again. No, I, yeah. I will say Last word, Robbie though. Davis. No, problem. real quickly though, I go to trial a lot on a lot of cases that shouldn't be going to trial because I just want trial practice, and it makes me a better lawyer. So I do think the Rooney Rule in that effect does at least help. The more you interview, the more you know what questions they're going to ask, the more it does make you prepared for the time you get the job you want to take. Proof is in the pudding. Still only right, one guys, coach. This will be a many, many, much-discussed subject. And it is, it is the test of the NFL right now. But let's go ahead and uh, head towards that time of the night where we all become degenerate gamblers. Uh, and and Robbie tells us to pick Tennessee basketball. It is a sure thing. Every and week. finally, they did win after beating Texas A&M. Lost at Texas, but you know, yeah, they lost, lost the spread. They were eleven. I told you, Mike, I told you, that Mike. was a great play, man. Dude just didn't Josiah. He didn't make the shot. That was a phenomenal play. It was like Bryce Drew back in the day in the NTA oh, tournament. Yeah, you got to make that shot. Was he a five-star guy? I was, I was so – going to go to the NBA. I was so angry at the Vols fans. I literally stayed on hold at, on Tony Basilio's talk radio show after the game. So I was going to call in <laughs> and blast Tennessee fans. I, I was like, what do you want? What more do you want? It was an open three-point shot. Like that. You got like it was perfect. Perfect. I didn't get, I didn't, they didn't let me in. Bastards. All right, guys. Well, we're going to save our Super Bowl picks till later. And we'll, we'll have a lot more on the Super Bowl next week. But let's go ahead and put some, uh, if you've got anybody on the upset alert, which is hard to put anybody on upset alert for me right now, because like Robbie Davis, I'm going to be going to NASCAR. For my bet, you're nuts. Oh. And unlike Robbie Davis, I'm not going to be picking Kyle Larson. I am going to give you Denny Hamlin to top three at negative 145. Or no, top five at negative 145 in the Bush class in L.A. this week. Give me Denny Hamlin to top five the first race of the NASCAR season. Rod, Meta, you are up next. Is this just bet your nuts? No final word? No, no this is just bet your nuts. You're going to get your final oh, okay. word. Well, I, I'm going chains route. Uh, Robbie and I love college basketball, and they give you one day's advance on spreads because Vegas isn't stupid. But Ohio State minus five and a half at home at a reeling Iowa team who just lost at Penn State. That's where I'm going. 
Damn you, Raj. You just stole my Suck thunder. With, that was exactly what I was going. an hour and 20 minutes. Brandon Chang is up. I got, is, that, is that really a cuss word, though? They I say that on the radio everywhere. I think On local right. radio. Only got, in the I'm South, sure. that's a cuss word. Only in the South. No. Well, go. At, at, at anyway, like, I concur with are. Raj. It is Ohio State. Take it. How Raj. convenient. Sorry. You. <laughs> I'm cracking up over here. Oh, uh, no. Hey, weird spread. UCLA crushed Arizona. They play tomorrow night at Arizona. Arizona's a six-point favorite. It, it's about matchups. I don't think UCLA's going to win, but Vegas knows more than the rest of us. I just was like, what? That's a weird spread. Get your picture for real, buddy. Me? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Raj I took it. So, yeah. Stole right. I concur together. with Raj. We got two of them. So, you better bet your nuts Kyle on Larson that. To win the, the Bush class. Well, one, I don't know why Raj and I aren't out in LA for that race in the Coliseum, but that's another topic. I've um, never been to a race. Sold out. I haven't, I haven't either. Um, it looks awesome. What? You've never been to a race? No. Going to. Go, Got You've never car. been to a race? No. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Even my wife went to Daytona with some redneck. No. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I've, boyfriend, like, 30 years ago. Have y'all been I, to I, Sorry, Randall. Oh, my God. I've been to, like, seven. I retract that statement. Uh, yes. But, yes. I've got to continue, take you to please. Daytona, Talladega, uh, Bristol, night race. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. You went to Bristol oh. for football. But continue, yeah. please. I'm just, sorry. Okay. So, uh yeah, this is hard this time of the year because the spreads run out, as we've already said. Um, Duke at North Carolina Saturday night. I think Coach K gets the win, his last win in Chapel Hill. And I don't think Hubert Davis has got the manpower to keep up with Duke. So I got Duke, whatever that spread is, I'll take the points. I probably think it'll be seven, six and a half. Um, I'll take Duke in that one. Quickly, I'll take Stanford plus two at home against Washington State. Uh, Chan can have Ohio State. Tonight? Tomorrow. All right, guys. Tomorrow. Closing comments. I'll go first. I've been out for a couple of weeks. I just want to thank you three for keeping the ship running for about three weeks while I had a bout of COVID, fell off the ladder, and some other stuff. And, by the way, my beard, considering I've been living like a hermit, is looking pretty strong right now. I think I'm going to stay with it a little while. So my final words is a thank you to my three brothers in reckless speculation. Thank you for keeping it running. Fist bump. Yep. Glad you're better, buddy. I'm glad to be back. And I'm sitting on a heating pad right now, if you must know. (laughs) Brendan Chain, you can go next. Final words. Um, Looking forward to Super Bowl in a week. Um, and looking forward to seeing what's going on with this Flores situation. And can we just like get over this racism bull crap? Like it just, I mean, it's so tiring. Come on. We're all people like, let's just, let's figure this out. Come on. When he says bull crap, he means racism in general, not 
people crying racism. I don't mean to speak for you, but no, you're exactly right. Okay, good. Yeah. Sorry. No, sorry. I didn't mean if that came across the wrong way. <laughs> I, I got it. You're good. Rod Meta over to my side here or below me. Next word, final word. That was, that was racist. Sorry, I don't mean to make light yeah, of a very yeah, serious. Off the air for those kind of movements. I, I don't. I don't mean to make light no, of an extremely I'm serious like, situation. It he is. said I'm below I'm, him. Yeah. No, I was talking about Randall pointing Center. down to Raj. Exactly. Then he said I was blowing, but I digress. It's a joke. Here, uh, poor joke. Rod, Rod, does this make you feel better being the top square? There you go. <laughs> I'm Whoopi Goldberg. I'm the center square. Oh, sorry. Another topic. Number one, <laughs> National Signing Day. Um, you know, Texas A&M had a historically great class, I guess. Jimbo's never won it. We'll see. Uh, I've got to give props. You guys are, are big Tennessee pumpers, all three of you. Lake and Riley had two months with USC. He ends up with a number nine overall class overall, including, you, you know, switching about five OU dudes. Oklahoma fans, by the way, are the saltiest people on earth. I get it. Nothing else than Norman. I feel bad for you because you said some terrible things. Uh, but, hey, that's the internet. You know, the coup d'etat was flipping uh, Caleb Williams, who was a great young quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, super excited. SC still needs more of a defense, especially in the trenches. That's one thing Pete Carroll did when he got there was recruit OL and DL. But, uh, you know, to say SC's relevant, again, is nonsense to me because it's a top three program of all time. But it's true. Uh, second, Randall – you've been through a lot in your life. There's no doubt about it. You don't ever complain. You don't tell anybody anything. We try to ask. You don't say anything. Uh, I'm just glad you're okay. We didn't do you know what without you. Uh, you're the host with the most. Who else can babysit? The three of us, it's like herding cats. Finally, uh, rhetorically speaking, again, I say it, the Rooney rule, I don't want to start a discussion per se, but why does it exist? It exists for a reason. I guess I answered my rhetorical question. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. Robbie Davis, bring it home. Nerds. Well, I've got four quick topics I'm going to hit on. They're going to be quick, though, I promise. Quick, my um, I think there's going to be two SEC teams in the Final Four. I think Auburn and Kentucky are looking fantastic, and they're they are looking uh, like they're a team teams to beat. Um, that being said, the Vols are getting it together. They should be in the second weekend um, with some luck, maybe the third weekend. Um, the race, the Coliseum. Is going to be fantastic. You guys all need to tune in. It's it's not necessarily NASCAR, but it is showing you how great these drivers are at driving it. Like this is a condensed track. This is going to be Just tiny. The, like yeah, it like, was literally a track for the 1932 Olympics in yeah, like, like this. Yeah, this is them racing on a a film track track. Like it's going to be insane. So. 
Uh, sports don't end after next weekend, after the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of things going on. NASCAR's going on. College basketball's going on. Which brings me to my second to last point. Baseball, if you don't get it together quickly, you are going to get left out of the cycle. And that cycle will keep rolling on without you. Um, I cannot believe they're still negotiating 10 minutes at a time. They've got to get together. They've got to play baseball this year. Uh, as people are going out and doing things and spending money that they uh, have, they still have saved up. They're just getting, they haven't been on different other stuff. Disposable income is getting less and less. If you buy tickets to say one sport, baseball's going to get left behind. And then finally, um, I don't know who else woke up at three uh, thirty a.m. to watch Nadal win his twenty-first major, but mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what a performance that was! And what a comeback that was! Yes, yeah, down two zero, then to win Love three that, sets dude. in a row, and um, me as a personal pro-vaccine person and a very little tolerance for anti-vaxxers. Um, it was gl- I was so glad to see Djokovic be sitting on his couch, not being able to participate. And now the French Open's next. Rafi's going to probably get t- 22. You're two behind. And then let's see what Wimbledon does, if they let you in or not. Get the freaking vaccine so we can all get over this and let's get on with our lives so we can all get better. That's my final words. Absolutely. Done. Also, a couple of things to promote. We've promoted all of our T-shirts. Or about Ready to chance, time. final words? Speak easy, 3.30, guys. We'll have a live broadcast during Super Bowl. He already talked. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. more to say. Okay. Breaking news. Don't we all? Jim Harbaugh is going to stay at Michigan and not take the Vikings job, just so you know. And – Hey, so before we come back on again. next week, he'll be the head coach no. of somewhere else. The Speakeasy 330 guys will have a live broadcast going on during the Super Bowl. I'm sure some of us will drop in there every now and then, and that's going to be a oh, lot yeah. of fun. It's kind of like a virtual tailgate. Yeah, send us the link. We'll, I'll, us. Definitely, I'll definitely drop in. Do what, Robbie? Have them invite us, yeah, if they want us I'll jump they invited in. us because they invited me, and I was supposed to tell y'all, but I forgot about it. Uh, Just send I me the link. I'll show up uninvited. I don't care. Randall Cunningham, Rod Meta, Robbie Davis, and as always, breaking the train, B-Chain, Brandon Chain. Thank you for watching River City Media. Ridiculous speculation. It is oh, not. reckless. Oh, my. Reckless. Reckless. Respect. Here, stay with me. Respect, respect, bro. Respect, speculation. I knew it this time. This is one time I had it. Reckless speculation on River City Media. Look below for how to give, how to support. Good night. Fight on, boys. Fight on.